Brothers and sisters, happy Easter. I want to take a minute to welcome everyone. Easter is a time when we get a lot of visitors and grandma and grandpa are in town or kids come back home. Uh, the whole family's together and sometimes, sometimes just because people are interested. They want to hear what is going on on this Easter day. So if you're here and you're visiting us at St. Lawrence, welcome. We're happy you're here, uh, especially that you're here with us today. Today, everyone uh, comes to church, finally Sunday best, comes out again, uh, maybe wiping a little Cadbury chocolate off of our faces. I know it's early, but hey, it's Easter. But now, let me ask you a question. It's maybe an odd question, but I'm not sorry for it. Why, why are we here? Why are we here? Let's be perfectly clear as we answer this question this morning. We are here, in fact, and it's a predictable answer, but it, oh, I, I, wanna, I want you to know it. We're here because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He's risen. And we actually, literally, believe that. We believe this is true. He was dead, and now he's not dead anymore. He's alive, and that is why we're here. That's what your being here means, and hopefully this doesn't come to you as a shock. We say this every week in the Catholic Church, in the Creed. We say, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, fast forward a little bit, for our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. He ascended into heaven, and he's seated now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Christ has risen from the dead, which is pretty great. And that is why we are here. As Christians, we take this to be a historical fact. We trace this belief throughout history. Think about it for a moment. There was a time before Christ when he had not yet risen, and no one had a belief in the resurrection. There were no Christians. No, no occasion for pastels. But, but after all of the events at the end of Jesus' life, in the early days of faith, it happened that the words just sort of fell off of someone's lips as their jaw hung, amazed, trying to reconcile what they witness with what they can conceive in their minds, and someone said, he is risen. And another responded, yes, I, I believe it. And for the first time, someone was called a Christian because they believed this. They believed, as we now believe, that Christ has risen from the dead, which is something that maybe I've said enough now. Uh, as St. Peter says, you know what has happened. But, just to be sure, just to be sure, let's revisit the gospel and, and see this for ourselves. 
It begins on the first day of the week. John's Gospel starts us here with the first day, just like back in the beginning, in Genesis, when God was creating. It says God called the light day and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning, the first day. Every day in Genesis, God created something new. And here we are in John, the first day. And God is creating something new again. So pay attention. Back to the Gospel. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. Remember that on Good Friday, they had to rush to prepare the body for burial because the Sabbath was coming and they couldn't work or travel on the Sabbath. So imagine Mary Magdalene, who loved Jesus, had been sitting throughout a whole day. Her friend, the one she calls Lord, is dead, and she can't lift a finger to help. She can't even visit the tomb. So she waits and waits until finally, she can't wait anymore, while it was still dark, she came to the tomb and saw the stone that had been covering it up was taken away. And immediately, her deepest fear sits like a knot in her throat. They've taken away the Lord from the tomb. And she has no idea where he might be. She runs to Peter and to John, who inspect the tomb for themselves. And even after they, his closest friends, leave to go back to their homes, Mary stays. She stays and she weeps in front of the empty tomb. The absence there. Who are you who fill Mary with your absence, who fill the whole world with your absence? Where have you gone, Lord? Again, we know that answer, don't we? Jesus comes to her in the flesh. We know he comes in the flesh and not as a spirit because when she sees him, this is in the other account, she thinks, she doesn't say, ah, a ghost. She says, oh no, it's the gardener. Elsewhere in the gospel, when the disciples don't recognize Jesus, they do think he's a ghost. But here, a gardener, a man. And when she finally recognizes him, he says, go to my brethren and say to them that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Which is kind of a wordy way to say something, isn't it? Doesn't, isn't that just like the Bible? Take something you could say in a sentence and try and turn it into a paragraph. Why so wordy? Why not just... Go tell them I'm, I'm going to go visit our God and Father. He, he's wordy on purpose, actually. He's wordy on purpose because he's trying to make a point. He's using rhetoric here. Before his passion, at the Last Supper, 
He said, no longer do I call you slaves, but I call you friends. And now, he doesn't even call them friends, but brothers. God, the one who's my father, is now your father too. Remember that we said God is creating anew? This is the first day, and God has created, recreated, reconstituted man. Recreated him. Everything that separated us, you and me, from God and from one another is now void, utterly. It's last year's model. It's outdated. See, see what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Yet so we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. We are a new creation in a resurrected Christ. That is why we're here today. Because Christ has risen from the dead. And now, as children of God, so can we. Folks, I said in the beginning of this homily that we take the resurrection to be a historical fact. And we do. The risen Christ is a fact among us. And he invites us now to encounter him. Not just to meet him. To encounter. I'm not, I'm not talking about following him either. That will come. That will certainly be a consequence. But more than meeting... And before following, he wants us to encounter him. For the characters in the gospel today, for Mary Magdalene, for Peter, for John, the encounter with Jesus was an event they had. They could point to a moment. They could say, yeah, I remember it. It was, it was four in the afternoon. Maybe for you, it's 8.30 in the morning. An encounter with Jesus one that for the characters in the gospel overturned their lives. It, it filled them with a total demand, eliminating every empty space within them. Every plan that was independent of him. If a God who became one of us, who came to be among us as, as our life's companion, if that God came and did not tend to determine our every thought and every plan and every sentiment, if he were not understood in this all-embracing way, well, then he would just not be God. Brothers and sisters, we are here today because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and we profess that this has changed our lives. Our lives are different now than they were before because this happened. If you have not yet met him, if you come to church off and on, or you just stick with the social stuff, with the Knights of Columbus, 
Or if you see the church as just, I don't know, these, all these old white guys somewhere in Europe judging everyone, some sort of moral system. If this is how you know Jesus, but you haven't yet encountered him, well then stay with us for a while. <laughs> stay with us, and I promise you, he will change your life too just in that one place you need it changed. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah.